0: This episode of the Supply Chain Brain podcast is supported by Panasonic, a leader in mobility solutions for the supply chain. Be sure and stick around after the discussion for a look at the company and what it offers to customers. But now, on to the podcast. For Supply Chain Managers, mobile technology today means more than just carrying around a cell phone. Hi everybody, I'm Bob Bowman, Executive Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Mobile technology has been a critical part of supply chain operations, especially in the warehouse, for decades. But the form it's taking today is radically advanced from its origins. Mobile devices are cropping up in multiple forms, including barcode scanners, smartphones, wearables, tablets, and rugged laptops. Today we'll get a look at the state of the technology in my conversation with Jim Dempsey, director of the Android Technologies Group with Panasonic. We'll talk about the role that mobile tech is playing today, the impact it's having on workers, and the emerging technologies such as artificial intelligence and the Internet of Things. Mobile technology is advancing so quickly that it's hard to pin it down. So here is my conversation with Jim Dempsey. Jim Dempsey, welcome to the show. Hey, Bob. I'm glad to be here. Jim, what are some of the big changes that you have seen out there in the world of supply chain in the last few years?
1: One of the, the big changes that we've seen, is, it's really a kind of a systemic shift shift where, where you see people working in this environment, is, is really this how IoT initiatives that you're seeing, right? Uh, big data, IoT, there's a lot of different names and acronyms, I guess, that you could put to it, but... But really at the core of it is with the way in which the consumer world has changed has put a tremendous amount of strain on their underlying supply chain, right? To deliver those, those goods to the market. You call it the Amazon effect. When I order something, it used to be you'd order it and if it came a week or two later, that was okay. Today's expectations of instant gratification almost on the consumer side have really driven the supply chains that support those environments to to have to look at new ways of doing business and particularly around data. And there's a lot of other technologies, which we can touch on, but really at the core of it is, is this data, right? That companies, retailers are trying to make sense of in real time or as close to real time as possible to help shorten the delivery times and also get to know better what is happening, but what will be potentially happening as they move into this new IoT world. I think that's one of the biggest drivers we see right now is the pressure coming from the consumer side in terms of expectations of delivery, access to goods, information, and how that cascades down into the supply chain and all the, the things that need to be done on that level.
0: Yeah, more information and more data available than ever before. But what are some of the major pieces of technology that have emerged that are being deployed to address some of these changes that you just described?
1: When you look at I call it the IoT journey that a lot of folks will start looking at, most folks, if you've talked to any kind of retailer out there for years, basically run their business on Excel in many cases, where they're taking data that happened last month, looking at that data, and then trying to make decisions as they go forward. So once the other day, it was kind of like an analogy of driving on the Autobahn in your Porsche, using your rear view mirror to go forward, right? Now, maybe not the best way to do it, but that's kind of the way everyone's, kind of been taught to do it, right? So the biggest challenge is really just layering in a system of sensors as well as databases, analytical engines, and things like that, that start to get you to a point where you can start capturing data in real time and then trying to action on that data or see what's happening in real time. And then the following step to that would be, can I put some prescriptive or business intelligence, artificial intelligence to start being proactive anticipating changes and making adjustments to my supply chain plan and then just alerting me that these are happening automatically rather than me having to intervene as the user on each and every interaction that's out there.
0: A lot of this is still in its early stages, though, right?
1: It is, yes. Most folks out there, and I say most, but there are still, particularly in the mid to smaller warehousing environments, that you still see some manual operations, which is kind of interesting in today's day and age. But most of the more modern warehouses have limited wireless networks that are capable of supporting the collection of data. Most of these warehouses have some rudimentary technologies, at least out there on the edge, in mobile computing devices with scanners and some, some other RFID portals and things of that nature that are starting to collect that data and bring it up into the enterprise where I think a lot of the enterprises, if you look at kind of the, the bleeding edge, leading edge and so forth in that kind of category, these folks are now taking that data and putting it into a database, right? And now they're trying to make some decisions on what is the data that I need to be looking at right now? Because there's a lot of data, like you mentioned. Some of it is very relevant. Some of it is a nice to know. Other pieces of data, maybe not as relevant. So they're in this area right now where they've implemented the edge technologies to a degree, they're capturing some data. And really, that's kind of where we see a majority of the market in right now. We see some of the more leading edge companies have gone to the next step where they've taken some business intelligence platforms to put that up on top of the analytic engines up on top of that data to now start mining that data to create dashboards, a single pane of glass type of thing where they can see what's happening across their supply chain. And really, where the market is going, and you see some interesting acquisitions and partnerships happening at say the WMS provider level where they are making uh, artificial intelligence acquisitions, they're hiring data scientists, and really where you see that going to is they want to get to a prescriptive model where now not only do I have this the smart edge where I've got collecting my data, I've got the database in place, I've got my analytic engine on top of it, but now I'm taking this AI piece to become predictive and kind of almost autonomous operation of a supply chain where the exceptions are being highlighted. I'm getting my emails and my alerts, but the system is making those changes for me proactively rather than me having to touch them myself.
0: One of the things you just mentioned was mobile tech, and I'd like to like drive a little bit deeper into the mobile technology evolution. Of course, this particular technology is not especially new. We've had variations on it for years, if not decades, but how has mobile tech evolved, and how is it being used, and for what kinds of purposes in the warehouse today?
1: So you're right. Mobile tech has been out there for quite some time, and um, one of the the interesting things you see is this Android coming up and becoming one of the prominent mobile operating systems across many different industries, and particularly in in the warehousing space. It has been primarily dominated by Microsoft CE or Windows Mobile-type application operating systems, and really the the Android wave started a couple years ago, and really right now we're starting to see in the supply chain, that wave of Android coming into the warehouse for a number of reasons. One is, in most warehouses, running a simple emulation client or maybe a browser on your device. So having the latest and greatest operating system may not be all that necessary. However, those Windows CE, Windows Mobile devices have been out there for a long time. From a hardware level perspective, it's harder to get those devices. It's harder to get them repaired because the parts aren't there. So that's one of the dynamics that is now kind of run its course, that legacy hardware now can no longer be supported. So the users have to go to the next platform. That next platform, someone who's mobile is effectively out of the market. Effective at the end of this year, everyone's operating choices is, is really Android. So- That is driving a lot of change in turning over a lot of these mobile devices to an Android platform from the legacy platforms that are out there. That's one aspect there. And then the second piece is as the supply chains are being modernized and applications are being upgraded, this IoT platform is being put in place. Many of those new technologies, again, require maybe a little more horsepower, again, maybe an Android-type operating system, not only from the hardware side, but now from the software side. These supply chains that have been getting along for a fairly long time with their old Windows CE and Windows mobile devices are now being moved to this new world where, both from an application perspective and a hardware perspective, this Android surge in the warehouse and supply chain is starting to take effect.
0: But mobile tech can take many different forms. You can have a classic handheld that looks basically like a smartphone. You could have a scanner. You could have a wearable You could have glasses or something of that kind. Is it all of the above in terms of which of these is most popular now, or is it basically all migrating down to the equivalent of a smartphone in the hand of a worker?
1: That's a great question. In many industries, we talk about They call it the bat belt, so to speak, right? The field service worker that's carrying six or seven pieces of gear, or or maybe not six or seven, but maybe two to three. And then even in a warehouse, different workers have different jobs. And the one-size-fits-all, while it sounds like a good concept, There are some newer technologies, newer platforms that allow for what we call multimodal, meaning I can scan, I can do voice and other things on on a single device. You have to make your decisions in the warehouse and the supply chain based on the use case of the worker. Because in some cases, giving that person, say, a tablet would be the worst thing you want to do because now you've just taken up two of their hands. They can't do anything else. They can't pick up boxes, right, because they got their hands tied up. But that may be a good solution for the forklift because they want a bigger screen. But then you may have other folks who would be better suited for having that handheld type device with a range of different uh, capabilities, whether it be short or long range scanning, barcode scanning, and maybe some RFID capability. Maybe there's some areas in the warehouse where voice picking, right, would be a more efficient way for workers to work. So you could end up having and probably should look at a use case by worker, right, rather than one size fits all. Let's put the right technology in the right spot within the supply chain to make sure you're more productive.
0: Would it be fair to say that with the rise of artificial intelligence and machine learning, that mobile tech is getting smarter?
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you look at the sharing of data, it goes two ways. It's not just the workers capturing data and sending it up, but it's also data coming back down to them. So as the systems become smarter, they're able to expose to the worker at the point of activity where the work's actually happening in real time the information that they need to best do their work. So absolutely the quality of the systems, the data, and the execution that's going on is really driving down to the worker. So again, it's a two-way street as far as that data.
0: And not just to do their work at the moment, but capturing information and data that can be used further down the line to be able to come up with reports and evaluations and to craft further efficiencies and histories of of how things have gone. I mean, basically, that data can serve another purpose on a long-range perspective as well, correct?
1: Sure, absolutely. A very small application that I can give as an example is a loading dock, and boxes start coming off the box at the receiving end, and some of are damaged. Typically, you would have to write up a report and submit it manually. Now, with these devices, I can take a picture of that box. I'm in the record for that receipt. Take a picture of the box, make some notes, and I send it up to the system. And now that can be sent immediately, if you'd like, directly to the appropriate group within the retailer to address that, to give it to the supplier or the trucking company. The record, the, the, not only the record of that issue, that damaged box is there, but a picture, right, A file that's attached to it to actually show it with a timestamp. So that's a very small example of how something like that can be done very easily now with these newer devices but then can be used in multiple ways and maybe throughout that supply chain as it goes from the retailer to the transportation company to maybe the manufacturer.
0: What impact has mobile technology had on the role of the worker in the warehouse, what the worker is doing, and for that matter, how many workers are doing the job? Is it different because of the mobile technology?
1: It's interesting. You, know, you look at the technology shift right, that I talked about where you're going from a CE, Windows mobile platform, to an Android-type platform. The user interface, right, that you're looking at is, is much different. In the old days with the Windows CE mobile devices, it was pretty much a green screen. It's a basically a mainframe interface, right, black background with green text, function buttons, and a lot of key input going on. And if you think about everyone's personal lives, everyone's got these, and has become used to these smartphones with touchscreen interfaces, intuitive interfaces. But it looks very friendly, very much like a consumer-ish type view to the application interface, which the, the workers are, are seem to be more used to, right? So that dynamic is changing, right, with the workers as far as the moving to this newer platform. Maybe the newer workforce, right, is, is more accepting of that newer interface. The training times that are required to implement the newer technology like that is less because people are more familiar with that interface. That is impacting how the workers are using the devices. I, I wouldn't say that today in many of the mid to Maybe in some of the bigger warehouses, workers are being replaced by technology, but there certainly are things like robotics and other things that are being implemented that allow retailers to more appropriately reallocate their existing employees.
0: The sense that I get is that there are two parallel conversations taking place in the warehouse with regard to technology. And maybe they're not parallel. You tell me if that's the case. One is robotics process automation, which often involves the replacement of humans by machines. The other is mobile technology, which makes me imagine that that's technology that is enhancing the job of the human in the facility. So I always think I always think of mobile technology as requiring a person in order to operate it versus RPA, which may obviate the, the role of the human. Is that a correct way to look at it or not?
1: Yeah, I think there's as you, a good example two parallel kind of conversations, but there is some overlap, too, because if you look at some of the robotic-type technology that are out there, it used to be the pickers would go out and they they go to the product and then bring it back to the, the, the packing stations. And then many of the robotic solutions today still require a, a human, right, to, to interact with it at some point. The humans may not move, but now the robots are moving. So the real robot will move out. Is some, some certain areas within the warehouse where humans will be there to put product in some cases into that tote or whatever that's being pulled or being carried by the robot, and then that would then bring the robot would then potentially bring it to an area where a human could be there, you know, to do the offloading and final packing. So there are some systems that are more fully automated, but in many cases, we're seeing a combination of the automation and the human in different steps within that process.
0: Now, with this dizzying amount of technology at the fingertips of warehouses these days. How do you even begin to evaluate what it is you need? Obviously, there are things that you know, not every warehouse needs everything. So how do you even get your arms around the whole process of evaluation and picking what is right for you and your facility?
1: We were talking to someone the other day about this great topic, and the saying that I heard there was technology in search of a problem is never a good way to go about things. The point there was why don't we look at the operational flow of the warehouse, the supply chain, And then look at, as I mentioned before, what technologies would be best suited for each of those pieces or parts or steps within the supply chain. So rather than just coming in and saying, I've got this cool new robotic, whatever it is, or this really great new mobile device, right, that can do all this stuff. Why don't I look at instead where I can take the technologies and combine a blend of them, right, to create the most efficient way? Because if I could put a this great new voice technology in place, right, for these workers or maybe a Google Glass solution, but if it slows them down, they're picking down by a couple seconds per pick and you're aware, and you're, say, an with, you know, say an Amazon sized warehouse with hundreds of thousands of picks going on a day, you've just cost the efficiency of that facility by doing that. So again, I think you know, looking at the approach of the best technology for each part and piece and job function is really the best way to, to kind of piece that together rather than trying to come in with a one size fits all technology decision.
0: Jim, how is Panasonic addressing the specific needs of the supply chain today?
1: If you look at Panasonic, big company, lots of divisions, but also a lot of technology, right, that we're bringing forward. And certainly the group that I represent, the mobile computing side, we've introduced a number of products in the supply chain space that could be used at the smart edge. Because that's really where we live, right? Smart edge devices that are durable, enterprise class, not just from being able to survive in a warehouse but also being able to support the applications which the customers are putting out there. But also, as important, being able to secure the devices. Because again, in, in these complex supply chain environments, it could be the network in the warehouse could be a gateway there, or that device could be a gateway into the network. So when we talk about what we do, we talk about bringing technologies to the workers that allow them to be as efficient as they can with modern interfaces, modern technologies, modern operating systems, with all the different data capture pieces, whether it be voice, whether it be scanning type technologies that they need to use. But then putting into an IT structure that allows for easy integration, the the data coming off the handhelds into the corporate system, but doing also in a secure way. So from the mobile device perspective, we work there. We also look at not just handhelds, but these big vehicle mount computers that have been bolted to forklifts for many years that are wired right off the forklift. The dynamic now that we're seeing is bringing our rugged tablets, putting them onto the forklifts, allowing that forklift. Then when it's not being used, that tablet can be removed and used and redeployed in other areas of the warehouse. And again, being a more modern technology, again, bringing the same durability and secure function that we talked about on the handheld side. So from a mobile computing perspective, Panasonic's doing a lot in that area as customers are modernizing. We even have a few that we work with to help actually modernize their application for them. So some are tasked with some in-house systems and maybe the developers that built that system years ago aren't there. We're also assisting those customers in porting their application to the new platform as well. So, again, from a mobile computing perspective, we have a couple different areas to work in there.
0: What additional requirements do you think you see out there that your customers have that will require you to kind of step up and increase either the variety of applications you offer or what those applications do? Basically, what's the future look like to you in the next few years in terms of mobile tech?
1: One of the things that we're being asked quite a bit from our customers is not just to be a single point technology provider in their environment. They want a true technology partner across a number of different technologies. So while we've we've talked about mobile computing, some of the other areas that we're working on with our customers are advanced robotics. uh, We call them power suits. We also have uh, some inline automation for conveying systems to more efficiently do sorts, combining some visual cues and some camera technology. So when we're talking to customers and they're talking to us today, they're seeing us more as a technology platform partner, not so much as a point technology partner. Some of the other additional work we're doing with AI and, and, and business intelligence as well To bring some of those technologies forward, part of our platform to help these customers make the best decision they can make to become more efficient and more adaptive to this ever-accelerating supply chain market we're in.
0: Well, it's great to get a view of where mobile technology has been, where it is, and where it's going, as well as a little bit about what Panasonic is doing specifically in that area. So, Jim Dempsey, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us today to talk about some of these big issues. Thanks for being with us.
1: Sorry, Bob. I appreciate being here today. Thanks
0: that was my conversation with jim dempsey of panasonic talking about the -the state-of-the-art in mobile technology for the supply chain our thanks to panasonic for sponsoring this episode we're online at www.supplychainbrain.com where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every friday You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.